You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everyone. This is AJ Black, editor and publisher of BC Bulletin. I am your host of Locked On Boston College. Welcome. I hope you all had a great weekend. We are here to talk Boston College sports. If you've not listened to Locked On Boston College, welcome. We are a daily Boston College podcast that gets into all things Eagles. We have interviews. I've interviewed Chris Banks, uh, who's a transfer from uh, Temple that you might want to check out. Last week, I had Richard Jurgen on. I have on today's show, Mitchell Wolf of the Brawl Network, who is down at the Senior Bowl and was at all practices this week. So he's going to talk to me about, talk to all of us about Hunter Long and what he did. Now, today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off your next order. Now, just like every other episode, we are going to kick this off with the news. This weekend, it was quiet on the BC football front. Obviously, we had a you know the schedule that came out, but there was no real new recruiting news. As I mentioned before, Tyler Martin, a four-star linebacker, he decommitted from Michigan, and I can confirm that Boston College is not really pushing to get him. So I know some people have been asking about that. Don't really read too much into it. I don't think he's going to come to Boston College, and I don't think it's. I think it's kind of a mutual thing at this point. Also, I can also tell you right now, in terms of the transfer market, it's really quiet, and I can tell you that there's not many. Um, BC is being pretty quiet about um, any offers that they have out. They don't really. I've talked to some people on campus, and it doesn't sound like they're they're too into any recruits at this point. Now, why is that happening? So here's where I kind of think of where the transfer market kind of impacts what's going on on campus. So this year, obviously you have all these fifth year kids coming back or sixth year in some cases where they get an extra year of eligibility. That's going to be a nightmare to, um, to manage because you have to figure out how to get, you know, the money to do that and to find the slots on the roster. So basically when you have nine guys from Boston college enter the transfer portal, but you have like, what is it, five guys that are returning back to Boston College because they're going to take that extra year. That I would consider that almost like a transfer portal addition. Uh, so guys like Mike Palmer and Ben Petrula and Alec Lindstrom, those all kind of, to me, fill those slots. So if you had, I think it's five returning seniors right now, six with Boom, Boomeri, Aaron Boomeri, the kicker. You add in the three other transfers or four other, you're basically filled. So it doesn't look like to me that they even have the room to add any transfers. Now, don't be surprised if during spring practice, if more kids enter the transfer portal. Maybe someone will come in and they'll see that they don't really have the spot that they thought they did on the team. They may enter the transfer portal and then... Boston College will have the room to do that. But my guess, just playing with numbers, I think Boston College is pretty full right now. Basketball news. Basketball, men's basketball, is going to return to play on Tuesday. They were finally cleared after a two-week COVID-19 pause because of a positive case on the program. 
BC had missed four games. They missed games against Louisville, Pitt, Virginia Tech, and Clemson over the last two weeks. Games that they plan on making up. Now, BC plays Florida State on Tuesday, the team that last year won the ACC regular uh, title. There was no uh, tournament title for for them to win. So this is going to be a tough game. We don't know at this point which players are cleared to play because John Rothstein um, on Twitter said that BC has limited players at practice. What that means, no one knows. And BC's not going to go out and tell anyone about this. I could go and ask. They're just going to tell me no. <laughs> but um, this kind of information is very sensitive. So we're going to have to wait till Tuesday, probably right before tip-off when they release the starting lineup. And they'll give you the list of who's active and who's inactive of who's going to play on Tuesday's game. But it's good to see that they're back. You know, I know that they're struggling and they're not a fun team to watch right now because they're, you know, three and ten. But you don't want to see kids sick. And hopefully whatever went through the team, hopefully they cleared it out. The players are safe. The coaches and staff are safe and that they can move on and uh, pass this. The other little piece of news actually is a different sport. It's baseball. Boston College announced late last week their 2021 baseball schedule, which is over 50 games. And includes a pretty robust ACC schedule. You can check it all out on bcbulletin.com. Also, what I thought was really kind of interesting, and I don't know if they've done it before. I have to admit, before I jump into this piece, I love baseball. I It was my number one sport when I grew up as a kid. I loved the Red Sox. Even before 2003, I was like, I was into some of the really crappy, beat, uh, you know, Red Sox teams with like Spike Owens and Luis Rivera and Mo Vaughn, like back in the day, those, those were my teams. And I've kind of fallen off on baseball, but I never really got into it at BC, probably because they made it so inaccessible with what they had at Shea Fields. Like you just couldn't, it was just not enjoyable watching it from a parking garage or, or cold stadium seats. But with the new renovations and what they've added Boston College baseball should become a marquee sport on campus. It looks like it just looks fun. The stadium's nice. The, you know they just opened the freight center. Uh, check out on bcbulletin.com. There's a really great video that BC uh, baseball uh, tweeted out of John and Nancy Freights, Pete's mom, uh, Freighties. Excuse me, I say the name wrong. Freighties, um, checking out the Freighties Center at BC, and it's it's an emotional moment and it's really beautiful. So check that out. Um, but the BC bas- uh, baseball team, they have their schedule and they're adding in like a midweek Northeast team schedule. So you have like Merrimack, Northeastern, UMass, URI, Bryant. You have 11 different games just kind of sprinkled in in the middle of the season, uh, middle of the weeks, which I think is really kind of interesting. But they start in mid-February. The season starts in mid-February for, for BC baseball when they have a three-game series against Charleston Southern team I'm, I'm not familiar with but I'm going to start really jumping in I actually have a baseball writer coming in to kind of talk about baseball and I'm going to jump into with uh, baseball analysis so let's really start to get behind the BC baseball team because I think it's got the potential to become as I said earlier a really big program and one that Boston could you know Boston and the community could really get behind because if you've got a family you know I've got one kid and if you had a family Try going to a Red Sox game. You're spending the money that you would spend on a vacation to go there. You're spending four or five hundred bucks just to go to a baseball game. And, and you know, oh yeah, your Fenway Park is nice and all, but 
you could go to the BC game, and I think tickets are free right now. Uh, when the when the games you can actually go to, but I think like once this team starts getting going, you see Pellegrini Field, you see this the the facilities they have and what they're going to be able to produce. I mean, I, I I love going to minor league baseball. I'll go to collegiate baseball too and support them. Um, it it seems like a nice way to do that for families. So check that out. In a moment, we're going to have Mitch Wolf of the Brawl Network in to talk about the Senior Week, uh, Senior Bowl game, and Hunter Long's performance, and all sorts of other things. We're talking all about everything that went on during its Senior Senior Bowl Week. But before we do, I want to talk to you about BetOnline.ag. Football season is coming to a close, but the biggest weekend in gambling is coming up, and it's the big game. There's only one place at the Locked On Network that we trust and one place that will have you covered, and that is the good folks at BetOnline.ag. All you need to do is sign up today for a free account and use promo code LOCKEDON, and they're going to give you an industry-best 50% welcome bonus. That's a win right there, and you know books don't like giving away money. They're going to do it for you because they like all of us over here at the Lockdown Network. Now, with football wrapping up, you can still bet on the Super Bowl. You can also bet on the NHL, NBA, college uh, basketball. You name it, they have it. Head on over to betonline.ag, and they're going to give you that 50% welcome bonus as long as you use the code LOCKEDON. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Now I want to tell you about a new show on the Locked On Network. Check out Locked On Today. Now, we're covering everything you need to know about the Boston College Eagles, but what about the rest of sports? Now the Locked On Podcast Network has got you covered there as well with Locked On Today. It's hosted by the great Peter Bukowski, and it's all the sports news you need every morning in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today podcast wherever you get your podcasts. This is Locked On Boston College. AJ Black here. With me, I have Mitch Wolf, the site editor, writer, and draft scouting analyst for the Brawl Network. He's joining us today to talk about the Senior Bowl. Mitch was actually down in Mobile, Alabama, covering the events of the week. Mitch, how you doing? I'm doing great, AJ. Thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. So you were down and you got to see about a week's worth. Actually, I'm kind of jumping ahead of myself. How much practice did you actually get to watch down there? So I was there uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. And Monday was no practice. It was just a weigh-ins and such. Um, We saw Tuesday, we saw Wednesday, and then I saw most of Thursday, the morning, which was the national team practice, which was the team Hunter was on or Hunter Long was on, and then we had to leave for the rest of the American practice, and then Friday was just mostly a walkthrough from what I understand, and then I watched the game on TV yesterday. Oh, great. So, yeah, the reason we had Mitch on to talk about the Senior Bowl is obviously we like talking about college football. We can talk about anything college football, Mm -hmm. but this does relate to Boston College as Hunter Long was part of it. You know, Hunter Long, um, he won the award for top tight end in the um, was the national team he was on? Yes. Yeah. So that was, that's my one quibble is that was really annoying is that they gave the national team to the dolphins who are in the American football conference and the American team to the Panthers who are in the national or the, yeah, the national football conference. So there was that <laughs> always that mess up where like, okay, wait, it's the opposite team. I got to think this through and figure it out. But yeah, Hunter was on the national team, which was coached yep. by the dolphins coaching staff, but with Boston college alum, Brian Flores. Yep. 
Yep. So there was definitely a lot of different Boston College uh, connections here, but let's talk about Hunter a little bit. Now, Long, <clears throat> going into this event, you know, he's probably in the top five, depending on who you talk to, um, in terms of draft prospects at the tight end position. What did you see out of Hunter Long this week? What, what stood out to you? What did you notice about his the way he practiced? Because he didn't get to play. So talk a little bit about that, Mitch. So I'll start. The first thing that I wanted to note is um, even before he got on the practice field was Hunter Long's weigh-in, which a lot of people noted as he was one of the winners of the weigh-in and measurements. So uh, to compare to what he's listed on the BC website, he's listed at 6'5", 253 pounds, and he measured at 6'051", and 254 pounds. Now the 6051 is basically – it's a four-digit measuring system that the combine and all these events use. So he's basically six foot and one-eighth of an inch. Um, so his hands were nine inches and six-eighths of an inch. Arms were 33 and six-eighths of an inch. And his, he had a wingspan of 83 inches. So he was one of the way-in way winners among the tight end group and generally probably regardless of position. So he was the second tallest tight end, the second heaviest, with the third biggest hands, the longest arms, and the biggest wingspan. So even before he got on the field, Hunter had already – kind of made a name for himself uh, winning the week. Um, so then moving on to practice, ironically, the first play I saw of Long on Tuesday was probably his worst. So he ran kind of that spot snag route that you see Jason Witten run all the time where he just yep. runs, turns around in front of the QB, and Hunter just dropped it. No coverage, no defenders, no nothing, just dropped it. Um, but really after that, it was all up for him. Like if any catch he didn't come, he didn't come out with the ball, it was because it was a really inaccurate ball or the quarterback just like, Gave it, did not give him a good opportunity to catch it because the quarterbacks on Hunter's team were absolutely terrible. It was uh, Sam Ellinger from Texas, Felipe Franks from Arkansas, and Ian Book from Notre Dame, who we all know well at Boston College. Yeah. Um, so there was one play that I thought was really indicative of this is there was a play where Hunter Long ran a drag route with one of the Ohio State linebackers in man coverage. And Sam Ellinger was at QB, and he found Hunter Long, and he just stared him down and then threw kind of a weak ball at him. And then the linebacker made a play to knock the ball away. But other than that, um, Long was – he was getting open. He had some of the best routes there. He was really consistent catching the ball, making tough catches, whether it be above him, outside his frame, left to right, or even rolling to the ground, catching the ball. Um, so – and I, I think he was even better in blocking. And that's something that, you know, a lot of these tight ends coming out of college is they're like, oh, they, they can catch the ball, they can run all these routes, they can do all these things, but they really struggle to block. And Hunter Long is definitely an exception there, is that he was excelling in both pass pro and run blocking. So – uh, he has good technique and he's good strength, but I mean, the technique is really where he stands out from even really good blocking tight ends is that he's yep. got really good hand placement in terms of getting his hands into the, the defender's breastplate and he keeps his feet moving, which is really important because if you don't keep your feet moving, you're just going to kind of eventually lose your ability to control the defender. Yep. Um, so uh, he had really good leverage to dominate his opponents. So he's coming out of his stance, he's staying low. So he can, I mean, that's the thing in football, low man wins. And that's something he was able to do consistently. Wow. So yeah, and this this was really interesting to watch too. I I watched parts of the game. I have to admit, I have a I have a two year old son, so I was <laughs> chasing him all around the house watching mm -hmm. this. But he he loves football too. But we were we were both kind of watching, and you get to see you know some of the. It's interesting to see different players in different positions in terms of like playing with against guys that are you know either more talented or quicker than what they used to do. Um, so when I was when I was watching on Saturday you mentioned uh, Felipe Franks and I, he was one of the guys that when I walked, walked away, I was like, Ooh, he is not going to be an NFL quarterback. Yeah. The one thing I said about him was that um, I think he's going to be a really, really, really good tight end at the next level. Yeah. 
I see him as like a Logan Thomas type. Yeah, he just couldn't. I I just thought he threw a lot of like dead ducks. He just didn't oh, there it. was there was one duck the first where he like kind of ran ran out of the pocket and just like flicked the ball downfield and the defender dropped it. But I mean, the defender was beside himself because it was the gift of all gifts from a quarterback. Yeah. So let's go back. I, I get this tendency sometimes to jump around to topics. And I apologize, Mitch. So back to Hunter Long. You saw him play. Now. You know, there is so much time, obviously, between now and the NFL draft. There's going to be a pro day. There's going to be the combine. We don't know what that either of these are going to really look like right now. It sounds like it's going to be virtual uh, for the combine, at least. Uh, They're going to be doing something kind of, you know, where staff can kind of go in on a pro day and watch it uh, virtually. Now, where do you, at this point in time, where would you put, like, Hunter Long in terms of the top five tight ends? If you were so. I'll, I'll start with where I was going into this. So I think for pretty much everybody, the top tight end is Kyle Pitts, the tight end from Florida. Oh, yeah. um, and he's, you know, more of a pass catching guy. He's basically just a giant wide receiver, but he's really good at that. So that's, it is what it is. Uh, the second guy is pretty much consensusly. It's Pat Fryermuth, the tight end from Penn state, also Massachusetts guy. Um, he's kind of, I mean, people kind of throw around the term baby Gronk and it's like, Oh, it kind of gets old. Pat Fryermuth is baby Gronk. He's the same play style. He blocks, he runs, he, his run for catch is just violent. Um, and then the third tight end spot is the one that's kind of up for grabs because you have right going into the senior bowl, I would say you had Brevin Jordan, who was the tight end from Miami, who's more of just like an athletic freak. Um, they would use him on like screens and stuff and running the ball. And he kind of reminded me of, a, of an Evan Ingram, maybe a Johnu Smith type where he gets the balls in a lot of different ways based on his athleticism. But I think that after this week of the senior bowl, even though Hunter Long didn't play, I think Hunter Long has, is really going to be fighting for that tight end three spot in terms of this class. And I think that going into this, going to the senior bowl, Hunter Long was probably like a mid third round pick. Um, but I think with the, this week at the senior bowl, he is probably, I think he's worked himself up to being in consideration maybe at the end of the second round. Wow. And you, you mentioned some of the other, like, you know, with Firemuth with Gronk, if you were to compare Hunter Long and find like a comparison at the NFL level, who would you compare him to? So I was working this out with some of my colleagues that were down at Senior Bowl with me. Um, and I, originally we settled on one name and then I kind of was thinking a little more about it and had some other names pop up. And again, like it's, it is hard to come up with like a specific player comp because there's always such little distinctions. But I think the one, there's a few we settled on. And the one that we came to first was Cameron Brait, the tight end for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, because the thing about Hunter Long is like, again, he's one of those guys where he is complete, but you don't want to compare him to like a George Kittle because like he's just not there yet. Right. Um, but a guy like Cameron Bray from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who can be an effective blocker and effective pass catcher, maybe isn't the most freakishly athletic guy who's going to like stretch down the seam with his long speed, but can be really effective in the short and intermediate areas. Um, another guy I would say Hunter Long is similar to is uh, Jack Doyle, the tight end from Indianapolis Colts. I would say that Hunter Long's a little more athletic than him. Um, but those are two guys that I think you can kind of see Hunter Long's game in a lot during his uh, play, especially during his years at BC. Now I want to tell you about our good friends over at Built Bar. With the holidays over, many of us are watching what we eat. And I want to tell you about the nutritious, delicious Built Bar. If you've not checked them out, I'm telling you, you're missing out. They have over 18 delicious flavors, six new ones and 12 of those original OG flavors. I've had many of them and I have some that I just really, really like. The salted caramel, I'm not even a caramel fan. I thought this tasted delicious. German chocolate, it tastes like a candy bar. You can find, and my personal favorite, 
the coconut. Really, it tastes like an Almond Joy. You can't beat this. The bars are 100% covered in chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew, and they are perfect if you're trying to lose some weight. They're low calorie, high, low sugar, high protein, high fiber. They're great for a keto diet. Now listen to the flavor profile of one of my favorites, the coconut almond. 18 grams of protein, 180 calories, five grams of sugar, five gram net carbs. It's gonna fill you up and it tastes great. Now we have a special promotion here at the Lockdown Network with Built Bar. You need to check this out. You just had to head over to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off your next order. Again, just head on over to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off. On tomorrow's show, we're going to start prepping for Boston College men's basketball, which who's retur- they're returning to the court. We're going to talk about the preview of the Florida State game, and later this week, we're going to get ready for National Signing Day and talk a little bit about where Boston College stands there. It's two episodes you're not going to want to miss. Okay, so yeah, yeah. I mean, Cameron Cameron Braid, I feel like, is a, is a tight end, too, that is, you know, he's right there. You know, obviously, he's mm-hmm. he's, he's lined up a okay you know, across from Rob Gronkowski right now, but he's a guy that has uh, some good talent there. So it'll be good to see what Hunter Long could do. And I know, you know, I was talking to Mitch before the show and no one really knows why Hunter Long missed the game. And there's a million different reasons. It's not fair to him to speculate uh, why he missed the game, but he did not play on Saturday in the senior bowl. So Mitch, let's talk some of these other players. Cause there were some fascinating names that I saw pop up. Um, in terms of playing at the senior bowl. We talked about Felipe Franks a little bit. Um, now, I watched, you know, here or there. Did Devonta Smith actually play, or did you get to see any of his, his workouts? No, he did not play. He was there. He was in uh, at least three sweatsuits to appear bigger, make his uh, <laughs> tiny little thighs look like actual limbs. Um, I love Devonta Smith. I'm just kind of making fun of him because it's fun to make fun of people. Um, but, no, he was just there to kind of probably just interview with the Dolphins because they were really interested in him. Yeah. Um, as a weapon to pair with Tua. Uh, Najee Harris was also there. He worked out a teeny tiny bit, usually at the beginning of practice, but did not participate in many of like, the teamwork drills or anything. Um, I did, my, one of my favorite players, though, even go, going into this and even more so now, was Mac Jones, the quarterback from Alabama, who I think, based on his week, even though, again, he didn't play because of an injury, I think he solidified himself as a first-round quarterback. So question about Mac Jones. Now, a lot of the – the skeptics of Mac Jones. Uh, I'm a New England Patriots fan, and I've seen his name uh, come up a lot as a possible, you know, draft pick for the for the Pats. Um, one of the the critiques of Jones is that he's just a systems quarterback that has played, you know, with two otherworldly wide receivers and Najee Harris. Did you see like good form and technique out of him? And what what did you notice about Mac Jones? I think that's what stands out the most about Mac Jones. I think his, his foot, his footwork is incredible. And I've been talking to a friend of mine who's a 49ers fan. And I've been saying like the thing about Kyle Shanahan's offense, and this is, you know, this can work for most offenses, but really for the Shanahan offenses, the quarterback's footwork is the most important. And because footwork can inform so much of how a quarterback throws the ball, how far he can throw it and how accurately he can throw it. And that's something that Mac Jones is really, really good at. He's a really smart player. Uh, I think the one thing you could say like he maybe is lacking is like his just like raw arm strength or arm talent. Like he's not your Josh Allen, your Patrick Mahomes, but I think he can be really successful. And I think the biggest reason why I love him is like some of like these kind of on off the field stories about him. Um, Like my favorite story is that when he was a redshirt fresh, when he was redshirting, he volunteered to coach an intramural sorority flag football team. And they 
boat raced everybody and won the championship. And like, that's just funny for me. But then yeah. at the senior bowl, Mac Jones was every day. He was the first player on the field and the last one to lead. He was taking extra reps, getting the balls from the center. He was holding for, he was holding for the kicker because the punter wasn't doing the right thing. And Mac Jones has been the holder for Alabama for the last three years, even mm-hmm. though they have funders, they have all these players. They like, he was the guy they trusted. Um, and I think he won the award for like best holder of the year. Um, and then my favorite story is there was a play where uh, Jamie Newman was the quarterback from Wake Forest uh, through an interception and the defender returned it around the others, the far side of the field. And when they are running these plays, there's usually a pack of players kind of all, all along one yard line, about 10 yards back that are just watching the play. And so the defender returns the ball to the far sideline, kind of around this pack of players. And the thing I see is Mac Jones just sprinting from the near sideline to the far sideline. And he starts trying to knock the ball out of the hands of the defender and then kind of pats him on the head and says like, Hey, great play, dude. And I'm like, that is a guy that I want on my team. Cause like, he's just going to be a leader. He's getting like, he is friends with all these guys. He is displaying the right mentality for a quarterback that I want in the first round. And of course he's got great stats and, I think his I think his technique is the best thing about him. That's interesting to know. That's great, great insight by uh, Mitch Wolf here. So, Mitch, one last question, and then I want to get a chance for you to talk about your website a little bit. Um, you know, there's obviously the big names there. Were there any under the radar players that you left going, "Wow, that guy"? I really didn't know much about him going into this, but people are going to start talking about him when it comes draft day. So, the guy that everybody. I would say is kind of talking about who was that quote under the radar guy was Quinn Minert, the offensive guard from uh, Wisconsin Whitewater, which is a D3 school. Um, he was getting a lot of hype as a really small school prospect and he acquitted himself very well. Um, and he knows no, he was very noticeable because the entire week of practice, he wore his Jersey tucked up into his shoulder pads, exposing his belly. Yep. Um, in terms of another guy that I think is going to really rise from the senior bowl, I'm actually going to be working on an article with another, but another person, about our all senior bowl team so we'll be posting that hopefully sometime by the end of sunday you'll be able to read this on monday um in terms of other winners i would say that there were two defensive backs from ucf by the names of aaron robinson and richie grant and uh aaron robinson is a cornerback from he's the cornerback and he was originally in alabama as a five-star recruit and then transferred to ucf and the reason I heard about him was because he was in Daniel Jeremiah's uh, first mock draft before the senior bowl. And when we saw that, we're like, who is this guy? So, you know, it's this random defensive back we've never heard of. And I, then I did some more research. I'm like, okay, maybe like this can be something. And then I saw him in practice. Like, okay, this dude is a, this dude's a baller. Like he is aggressive as all hell. Sorry. Um, but he gets after it. And, you know, in, in most systems, I think he's going to be successful. And then the other one, uh, Richie Grant is a safety from UCF. I had concerns a little bit about his ability to kind of be physical and tackle. And I, those are gone. Like he was, he was again, very physical this week. He was hitting dudes and he was also making plays on the ball. His ball skills are truly incredible. And then one more person who, I, who is my guy that I kind of really latched onto at Senior Bowl was Benjamin St. Juiced from Minnesota, who's a 6'3", 205 pound corner. And he was just uh, like, just throwing dudes around basically and like run defense drills. Like he, and a lot of the receivers were smaller, but he would just take them and just cast them aside. Like they were nothing. Wow. Um, and then in past drills, I think the thing I really loved about him was he had a great sense of timing for like when to attack the receiver's hands and the ball. So he would break up passes like at the, just at the perfect time. And I think that, I think that his, um, that's going to get him in trouble a little bit early in, the, in his career with some DPIs, maybe some holding, but I mean, he had one early in the game on Saturday, but then he had two pass breakups later. And I think that he's going to be a very interesting 
pick later in the draft, probably an early day three pick if I had to guess. Mitchell Wolf, thank you so much for stopping by. Uh, before we go, I'd love you to give you a chance to talk about your website. Where can people find you? Sure. So I am start, I've started the Brawl Network in December. Uh, we're a website that's um, a sport media website. It's We're kind of trying to provide unfiltered but educated commentary on all things sports, like sports betting, um, football, MMA, uh, basketball, basically everything, DraftKings you can think of. Um, and then so I am I can be followed at Mitchell T. Wolf, W-O-L-F-E on Twitter. Um, I have been posting a lot on Twitter from the Senior Bowl and from another event we were at the week previous about guys that really impressed me. And uh, we'll be posting our – we've posted all of our winners from each day of practice um, along with a watch list of players from before the week. Uh, I just posted an article about the 10 things I learned at the Senior Bowl and uh, another one of our writers posted his winners for the whole week of practice. So uh, keep an eye out for that uh, at the Brawl Network. And again, I think uh, I'm at Mitchell T. Wolf, W-O-L-F-E on Twitter. All right, Mitch, thank you so much. And definitely, folks, check out his work. Uh, he's got some really interesting articles. Get you ready for the NFL draft. Mitchell Wolf, take care. Thank you very much. And we hope to have you on again at another point. Thank you very much. This is AJ Black. You can follow me on Twitter at AJBlack underscore BC, and you can follow my work on the web at BC Bulletin. I'm the editor and publisher of BC Bulletin. Take care. We will see you all again tomorrow.